0: Yakshi, 1984, Murnalini Mukherjee, Dyed Hemp. One of the first things that people tend to notice about this piece is its sense of scale, both large and small. At just over eight feet tall, this textile sculpture cuts an impressive and imposing figure. The thick and many-layered hemp ropes, dyed a dark grayish-black with hints of deepest purple and blue, make clear the considerable weight of this work. A metal chain attached to the ceiling supports the heavy load of the sculpture. Simultaneously, it is also a piece defined by its most intricate details. The braiding and knotwork and layering of the hemp fibers literally weave together to create the sculpture's dress-like appearance. As suggested by its name, this figure represents a yakshi, a spirit or deity of nature in Indian mythology. The intertwining of the grand and the intimate seems fitting for a figural representation of such an entity, for nature itself is both expansive and minute, infinite and infinitesimal. It encompasses all that is and all that may be. And speaking of such things, this sculpture poses a curious conundrum about that which is and that which is not. For the piece is titled Yakshi, with the possible implication being that the hempen structure is the deity in question. But the sculpture is much more reminiscent of clothing in its shape and form, rather than that of an anthropomorphized nature spirit. Is what hangs suspended from the sturdy metal chain the deity of the title? Did Mukherjee's crafting and naming of this work somehow summon the entity for which it is named? and bind it into the fibers from which it is made? Or does the yakshi actually exist in the negative space of this work, in the gaps between what is observable and known? Does it slip between the braids and twists of the hemp fibers to don this painstakingly crafted ensemble? Does something more than just the sturdy metal chain support the hefty weight of this piece? What, exactly, stands before you now, in all its majesty and mystery. Does it look down upon you, even as you look up at it? Who knows? That is for you to answer, and you alone. It is for you to find divinity in the weave of a rope, or in the empty space that suggests form and substance, and something more than the nothing that is supposedly there. But if that is true... If some spirit, some entity out of nature exists before you right where you stand, what might it think of you, here and now, as you are? What infinite and infinitesimal things might it see in you? We have an exciting announcement for our artistically inclined guests. The Godfrey Estate and Museum now has a new art class offering for its most advanced students. Hand painting. This frequently requested course is now available to anyone who has previously completed the finger painting class here at the Godfrey. Prospective students will take the skills that they honed in finger painting and learn to paint not just anatomically perfect fingers, but the hands that they attach to. Anyone interested in taking this course should note its considerable challenge level, for any artist will tell you about the notorious difficulty in accurately depicting human hands. But the challenge of it is half the fun. Also to note, in a more serious vein, anyone intending to enroll in this new class must first sign a general liability waiver. This is due to an unfortunate incident during a beta test of the class curriculum. During the incident in question, It was discovered that those who used their own hands as a reference, had any error they made in their painting, transfer into their own real flesh-and-blood hand. These were minor changes on the whole, slight aesthetic differences at worst. With one exception. One of the students in the beta test failed to paint the lifeline in the palm of his hand. The student then vanished into thin air, his brush still laden with paint as it clattered to the floor. This student has yet to reappear. If you're interested in taking this exciting new course, please visit the information desk to sign up. (laughs) Betsy. Age unknown. Artist unknown. Porcelain, paint, hair, varied fabrics, and other materials. (laughs) Look at who's caught up to you, despite your distance run. You gave her quite the chase you did, but for now it seems she's won. She looks as you last saw her, fair visage, with a blush of rose. Blonde wavy locks neath the dainty cap, and a perfect button nose. But something's different in her face, in that wide, unblinking stare, a subtle furrowing of her brow, in what looks like an angry glare. For all Betsy's ever wanted is a friend with which to play. A little friend just like herself. A little friend who'll stay. <laughs> She does not care for games like this, the running, the hide-and-seek. She'd much rather hold you closely, a companion who's docile and meek. Instead, you chose to flee from her, a rather unsporting thing, for your legs are long compared to hers, and your steps have such a spring. But seek she shall, if that's your wish. She's willing to play along, but only if, when she succeeds, you'll stay put where you belong." Betsy will take good care of you. She'll hold you in such esteem. Your bonnet will always be starched and pressed. Your porcelain face shall gleam. She first just needs to change some things. Alter what you now are. A little of this and a little of that. Though at first it may seem bizarre. For Betsy here is an ageless one. Upon her times left no blemish. And if you two are to play forever, you need more than blood and flesh. Porcelain's better, if you ask Betsy, for though it's delicate, it lasts. Look to Betsy herself for proof of it, a relic out of an unknown past. Flesh may be sturdier, yes, it's true, but only for a time. In no span at all, it surrenders to the earth, becoming one with the dirt and grime. Such a fragile thing you are to her. You must be carefully kept, lest some harm befall you here and render dear Betsy bereft. (laughs) Well, you've gone and lost her once again. Poor Betsy, she's so put out. But keep eyelids peeled and ears open wide. You never know when she's about.
1: Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knutson, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. It was produced on unceded Tongva, Chumash, and Keech territory. Enjoying your trip to the estate? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And consider telling a friend about us, or two, or three, or everyone you know. To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Guide, or visit our website, thegodfreyaudioguide.com. For Godfrey merchandise, visit our online store, thegodfreyaudioguide.threadless.com. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreyaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts available as public posts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum.